The design argument, lesson four, the principle of causality. This is the idea that we can only ascribe to a cause whatever qualities are needed to produce the effect of that cause, and no more. In other words, if we're able to infer from what we see around us a designer, the designer can only be thought to have the qualities necessary for creating the world as it is, and nothing more. Imagine that I were to visit a garden and find it to be laid out with exquisite taste, with flowers, shrubs and bushes all finely arranged, with the correct proportion of shade and light for climate, with fountains and arbours cool. If I'm told one man designed it and created it, I can reasonably infer that he has extraordinary gardening talent and an artistic sense of balance. However, I could not go on to reasonably infer that he is a kind and generous, skilled musician or sportsman. Hume would say that if the design argument works, all it proves is the existence of a design-producing being. We cannot go on to say that this being has any of the other attributes traditionally ascribed to God, omniscience, omnipotence, omnibenevolence and so on. This, he says, would be going too far, arguing too much. Davies's response is that the designer of the universe must be powerful to achieve its effect, must be incorporeal, that is, without physical form, because the designer lies outside of the physical universe, and must have purpose and intelligence because it produces order. He says that even if God is seen to have more attributes than these, the design argument provides at least some evidence for the existence of God. Swinburne grants that the design argument cannot give good grounds for saying that there is a designer who is totally good, omnipotent, and so on. But, he says, Hume's idea regarding the causal principle is false. He says, if all science could tell us was that what caused an event had event-producing characteristics, it would be useless. But rather that science put forward theories on reasonable grounds, which include the idea that causes of an effect have characteristics other than those sufficient to produce the effect alone. So what else might we say from the world as it is? There is no reason to think that the designer was infinite. The designer which created our world might now be dead. There is no reason to think of the designer as perfect, because the world is not perfect. Hume himself says there are many inexplicable difficulties in the works of nature. It might have taken some god many attempts to make a world as good as this one. So it may have been the work of an apprentice god, or a bungling god. Hume says, why should there be only one designer? Many people work together to build a house or a ship and so on, so a possible plurality of gods. Maybe there's one for every law. Swinburne points out that Hume is aware of the obvious response to this. Occam's razor. Entities are not to be multiplied without necessity. We should go for simplicity. Applied to the design argument, it leads to the conclusion that there is no reason to say that there is more than one designer. Hume thinks this does not apply because we do not know if one god would be able to create all of this. Swinburne thinks it does apply. And he says... If there were more than one god, we would expect to see characteristic marks of the handiwork of different gods in different parts of the universe. Different laws, say of gravity, in different places. The Design Argument. Lesson 4. Part 2. The Principle of Causality. Continued.
Hume said, if the world was designed, who designed the designer? Swinburne suggests that the existence of the designer does not need to be explained. After all, he says, scientists put forward possible causes of effects as long as they, that is the causes, account for the characteristics of those effects. So, Davis argues, there is no reason to suppose that God, as the cause of order in our world, exhibits the kind of order which requires an explanation external to itself. Just as human thoughts are causes of order but are ordered in themselves, so the order in the world is caused by God's thoughts, which require no external explanation for their orderliness. Hume said, the argument makes God too anthropomorphic, that is, too much like a human being. We are creating God in the image of man. Davies argues that if God is the explanation of the world, he cannot be like the thing his existence explains. He does not have to share all the attributes of human designers. Swinburne says that in order to control the regularities of the universe, God must be free, rational and very powerful, but that he cannot have a body, since this would restrict his influence to a limited part of the universe, and we need God to explain the scientific laws of the universe throughout the universe. Hume says that the universe could be the result of chance. That is, there are periods of chaos and order, and we are currently, by chance, living in a period of order. But even if the universe is the result of chance, it could be argued that we still need to explain the presence of order in the first place. According to Swinburne, the view that the universe is the result of chance becomes less plausible as time progresses and order remains. Evil Swinburne also notes that the dialogues contain several references to evil, and the argument that if God designed a world with evil, he is either not totally good or not all-powerful, that is, he lacks omnipotence. Swinburne suggests that this does not affect the design argument, because this argument does not attempt to show that God is good or omnipotent in the first place. Davies does not appear to regard the existence of evil as a problem for the design argument, but suggests that evil can also be designed. For Davies, someone who accepts the design argument does not have to say that every particular thing works together for the good of other particular things.